What is up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Lockdown Cast Podcast with my co-host, Evan Damerl. On today's show, we're going to recap the weekend a little bit belatedly. We're going to dive into that and where things stand with the Cavs in the Eastern Conference playoff race. Let's get into it. Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Hey! Knocks it down! Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket, and oh my, Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton, chased by Hill, off to Stevens. Oh my! 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that hardened pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for him. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. What is up, everyone? Before we get into today's show, a couple of housekeeping notes. First, I want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every single day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Also, want to shout out Bet Online. Today's sponsor is brought. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Evan, a busy Cleveland Cavaliers weekend, beating the Knicks on Saturday, losing to the Philadelphia 76ers on Sunday. I, I think we're going to get to those games. I think in the first segment, what we should do is just cover a little bit of, of the news. Uh, let's start with first that, Jared, you reported this. It has kind of been on in the ether a little bit. Jared Allen is traveling with the team. What is your read on this? That Jared Allen is going gonna, is, is gonna to be with the team. I don't. It doesn't seem like he's going to play Tuesday, but let's let's explain what this. Let's explain the significance of what it means as we look at him possibly returning before the end of the regular season. What does it mean that he is going to be with the team Tuesday night in Orlando? Um, more than anything, just because the league rules, this is my understanding of it at least. Um, just due to COVID protocols in general, that that still exists, even though we're kind of somewhat getting out of the pandemic a little bit. Um. If a player is not ramping up to play on the floor, i.e. Jared Allen in this case, you don't travel with the team if you're injured. So Allen stayed home for the most part on any of the road trips Cleveland had while he's out. He was not there in Atlanta. People will point at Colin Sexton just kind of being at the Hawks game. But Colin Sexton's from Atlanta, and he's rehabbing there. So that's why there's those videos that like Serena Winters put out of him just putting up shots pregame with Cavs trainers prior to the Cavs' loss to the Hawks. But... I think it is noteworthy just because this is the first clear indication that says, okay, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when Jared Allen returns to the floor because that is fairly significant to say that, yeah, he's he's ramping up production. He is trying to get acclimated physically because J.B. Vickerstaff said prior to the game against Philadelphia that they completely shut him down just because of the, the, the calf contusion and also they wanted to let his hand just rest a little bit and completely heal. Um, it's a pain management thing because he's not going to come back 100% from what I've gathered. It's been reported as well. But um, it's definitely interesting to see this development, at least, because Bickerstaff obviously just says, like, no, there's no updates whenever you ask him about it. So yes. this in itself is an update, and that's definitely noteworthy. Yeah, I think it is hard, I think, for us to look at this. And I think even based on what, whatever JB says, I think whatever Alan may say when, when he speaks you know, to, to the media next, what probably you would assume after his, his return game, I, I think we just will need to judge him on what he looks like once he plays. Um, like I know, I know people can like look at guys that have played through stuff before. This is all, I think, very case by case. I think if you're the Cavs, you are obviously also, I think, looking 
um, long term about this. I think you can even. I think I don't think it's like an unfair thing to look at this and be like, you know what, Jarrett? Like you should just probably like just from a from a long term health perspective, you've already given a lot this year. This is sort of you should just get to make sure the hands right. Like you know, I I I think I go home like, I th- and catch up on your video games. Is what they told him. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, you know, I think about like Greg Oden, like playing with like the big club on his hand when he was at Ohio State. He played like what, like play, had like a broken hand or ever played a game. It's oh like that gosh, stuff can. I forgot about that. Yeah, that and that stuff. Like this isn't obviously the same thing. This is not that severe of an injury, and nor is this a player with that severe of injury history. Like I want to, I want to say that clearly, but like. You you want to make sure that he actually is good to go. That that Jared Allen is good to go here if he's going to be able to play. But if he's going to play, if he's going to be back, and they can get him for Brooklyn, and then and you know assuming all goes well Sunday against Milwaukee, that would be a big deal. The Cavs, as we enter this week, are we're, and we're, what we're going to talk about in segment two is really what lies ahead for them this weekend, as much as what happened this weekend. Um, this is this is just I, I think a positive bit of news for them um, if he indeed can come back. The other bit of news that JB Bakerstaff was fined fifteen thousand dollars. Uh, via for criticizing the officiating and my first reaction to this aside from from joking about the Cavs paying for it in in the nfts they sell is i kind of feel like this is a long time coming i kind of feel like jb was like walking the line and not getting fined Bro, at a various stuff unloaded the clip uh, uh so friend of the program danny cunningham will be on later this week i took sunday night off just after a, a, a busy weekend and he texted me like before the media was even over, and the, the reason I found out about this, he said JB just went off, and he's already he had. Dropped, he dropped this. the quote of the year, and he's like, "You can't defend the free throw line. It's unrealistic. It's unfair." It was, um, yeah, I know. A friend of the show, also Mercy McNeese, and I were sitting next to each other. I looked over at her wide eyed, and she looked back at me, and I just mouth like "Wow" to her because. Um, he just he didn't hold back. He was clearly pissed. He said that, that they lost the game because of the officiating because Darius Garland was wrongly fouled, and the NBA's last two minute report said he was right. Garland was the fouled the, the Harden the Harden marketing one to me was the the real egregious one. Yeah, that or I still question the push off on Karis Levert with four seconds to go, but that's just me. Like there was. it was a wacky sequence of events those last two minutes in terms of the officiating. I was just like, wow. They're really gonna do it. This this is the second time in a row. This has happened in Cleveland where the refs just kind of swallow their whistles or they blow it Philly's way. And I also think JV saying that James Harden and Joel Embiid are supremely talented players, but they also know how to play the rule book was like the perfect summation of I think just opposing coaches' frustrations in general with having to deal with not just James Harden but Joel Embiid and those two together. I mean, look, the, the way I feel about this generally with officiating is I think the best – I think the best portion of the season not from – weirdly hostile about officiating on Twitter, so go ahead. I, look, here's the thing. Your life is just I, – I looked at Twitter maybe three times a weekend. Guess what? My brain feels amazing. Don't look at Twitter. It's bad for you. It is. Um, I had a wonderful day. The Early in the season, and there's like the chart that um, – I also got a correct you. On a what? The Ohio State Greg and I think Dallas Lauderdale's who you're thinking of who played with a broken hand. No, I don't think I, I've been having a group text with two friends of the show about this for several days. Several days. Okay. I looked at a picture of Greg Oden in a cast. Evan, don't don't okay. come in. I see Dallas Lauderdale playing with a cast on his I, hands. I'm so. gonna send you a picture of Greg Oden, and before this episode, you will apologize to me for for coming at me. Throw it on the show. Throw no, it let's on the do, screen. No, 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 don't have rights to that. I'm not getting us taken down on YouTube. We have money to make. Secondly, the other part of this that I think is, 
I think we have seen like uh, at LG thirty five on Twitter put up that graph of like the uh, of the foul calls on two point shots like that has spiked and it's like a bigger spike than from like 20, 2008. From the beginning of the season to now, it's a bigger spike in the number of fouls that have been called I mean, and two point shots from 2008 to the beginning of the bubble. And like, yeah. honestly, that sucks. That just sucks. The game is being called like it was last season when everyone was just really full of angst and frustration. And it's nowhere like it was at the beginning of the season when you saw like James Harden, Dane Lillard, et cetera, like getting frustrated and Trey Young as well, just because they aren't able to bait those easy fouls and the game is a lot more fun that way. Um, and I, I don't know. I agree with JB. If you're going to call it that way, you have to call it evenly on both ends. You just can't swallow your whistle for one team because I don't know. And there's always the coach's cliche too, where you can say like, well, you can't let the officials beat you because then you've already lost. So I don't know. It's frustrating. I think, like you said, it's a long time coming. Um, this is the second time he's been defined for criticizing officiating, and the third time in general he's been defined this year, I believe. Um, eh, I, I don't know. I think it's funny that Cavs fans are trying to cobble together a GoFundMe to pay the 15k, which would be impressive if they're able to do it. Uh, donate it to the Trevor Project, best charity I always say to give money to. Yeah, uh, very no. JB Bickerstaff J- makes a lot more money than the people doting that he could pay his own fines. Yep, but that's just yep that he can pay his own freaking fines. All right, after the break, let's talk about the weekend ahead. Uh, but or assume the weekend that was in terms of what happened. The Cavs beat the Knicks, lost to the Philadelphia 76ers. I think we'll focus more um, on the collective than one specific game. But Evan, first, going to tell everyone about our friends. At Bill Bar, this is the time of year when people give up on their news resolutions. I know that that has happened to me in the past, but what Bill Bar is here to help you do is help you get through that New Year's resolution wall and get you some great treats that you're going to want to eat. They have so many great flavors because they're covered in 100% chocolate and they put flavor first. They worry about taste first. They make it taste delicious. And then they worry about the health. Think about some of these great flavors. Evan's favorite, for instance, is uh, cookies and cream. There's mint brownie. Good pick. There's coconut. There's coconut almond. There's peanut butter brownie. You Dude, can't go wrong. You know what I thought of just now? If they made like an ube flavored, I'd I'd smash that. Like that'd be so good. Go ahead, Bill Barr. Just here, there's a free flavor concept for you. Oh, I sponsor the show. Anyway, uh, go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Check them out today. They have all the great flavors. Get a mix box. Build your own if you want to try them all. I mean, you can't you can't really go wrong. 70 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Can't beat it. Built.com, promo code LOCK15. Evan, so I I want to ask you, what, what was your big takeaway from the weekend? As far as the Cavs going one and one, and really, to me, looking like a better quality team than we saw in the loss to Dallas, the loss to Atlanta, the three-street losses we saw against the Lakers, the mm-hmm. Raptors, and the Bulls. What have you, what, what did you make of, of the weekend? Hmm. I mean, like you said, they did come out with a lot better of energy than they did against the Hawks or the Mavericks, and hell, even uh, even the Magic, they looked sloppy at times too. Granted, losing market or possibly losing market and possibly losing Lamar Stevens and losing Evan Mobley does really take the wind out of your sails there. But I think Karis LeVert kind of summed it up best, where that was the first time the Cavs it felt like at least because they lost due to circumstances that are out of their control with the officiating. Let's just be blunt about it, but. 
that was the first time in a long time the Cavs felt like they played like a full, complete, quote-unquote, 48 minutes is what J.B. Bickerstaff likes to harp on instead of the players do. And if they kind of carry that energy with them and just get through this slog of the last three games of the year in Orlando, in Brooklyn, and then at home against Milwaukee, um, I don't know. I feel like they have a puncher's chance in the play, and especially if they're getting healthy towards that stretch as well. If, like, Allen and Mobley are back, and they're just kind of hitting on all cylinders at the right time, maybe they can catch fire again and maybe catch a team off guard. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that this weekend gave you a little more confidence that perhaps they're not just going to, like, peter out here. They are now a game and a half up on the trio of Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn. Uh, they they have a little bit of an advantage as we head to the stretch run here to maybe avoid this. And at least they're not going to get to the top six. I think those dreams those dreams are dead at this point. Uh, they're they're two and a half games back of Toronto. Like, even if they have the tiebreaker, a lot would have to go right well, for them. Well, no, it's more so there. Chicago they'd have to be chasing I, at this point. I think... Toronto's locked in as the five. Yeah, but in, but I think to, people are saying Chicago could go zero and four. I'm like, I don't think so. Just yeah, these things are as we're recording this right now. The Bulls. So as we're recording this right now, the Bulls are forty five and thirty three as the fifth seed. The Raptors are forty five and thirty three behind the Bulls with the tiebreaker oh, as the oh, sixth oh, seed. Correct. Caps My two apologies. and a half back of both those teams, and then they're yeah, and this. It's okay. They are one and a half up in Atlanta. Excuse me, and I was wrong. They are two and a half up on Charlotte and Brooklyn with three games to go. What I think, what I think you're hoping for for Cleveland is if you can manage these last three games and build off this past weekend, build off beating the Knicks. I think overall at the weekend, playing with more energy, playing with like a little more like composure, a little bit more just kind of felt a little more cabsy to me yeah, over the weekend than, than some of these other recent games. Just. Like it, it, they didn't feel like totally out of sync to me, even though this isn't the. It's still not the same team, but it didn't feel like a team that was um, completely all over the place. Like we, like we've seen them in, in some recent performances. You can, you give your. I think you can finish in seven or eight, have two chances at worst to get into the playoffs, and you go from there. And I think if you know whether you play Brooklyn, whether you play Atlanta, whether you play Charlotte, like if you can get you know that seven or eight, even have to go on the road for game one. Um, you, you're still in an okay spot to, to play the second game at home. Give yourself two chances. Like, I feel more confident that that is where this is headed than I might yeah. have before the weekend. Because, like, coming into the weekend, it was just like the low. energy was it so was low. It was low energy with team. what was going on here. Um, but, yeah, they're just they're they're playing better and it's just it's a pleasant surprise i guess to say and mike can i can i share it's not that hot of a take but my other takeaway from the weekend okay cool i think we're watching the next evolution of darius garland's game where he just actively makes people on the floor better around him like he has been more or less dragging these Cavs teams to a lot of wins during these injuries but like he's turning moses brown into like a quality rotation piece i'm not saying most like Let's be frank, Moses Brown would not be playing or sniffing the floor for the Cavs if Mobley and Allen were available. But yeah, yeah he not. isn't a complete liability out there, at least on offense. Like Defensively, he provides you rebounding. He provides you some form of rim protection just because he's a big body. And you cycle him and Ed Davis out continuously to keep them both fresh. But Garland is making him look competent offensively as like a pick-and-roll partner. And Darius is just getting him easy looks at the rim. And... I think that's just like, and he's making Larry Markkinen look a lot better too. Like Markkinen's kind of struggled throughout the season, but Garland's making a concerted effort to get him involved as well. Like that's just my big takeaway from watching Darius Garland now is like, he's kind of like giving that superstar bump where he's like, okay, 
I'm going to make these guys around me better, too, so that we're more of a better team than just me and then four dudes on the floor. Yeah, and I, I think that's some of the beauty of Garland. I think we've seen his chemistry with Lavert. I think, has improved on that note. I think him and Lavert are, are getting into a little bit of a rhythm. And Lavert, you know, shot uh, – he was 7-14 from the field on, on Sunday. He was 8-16, of 16, I believe, on Saturday. Like – he looks a little bit more comfortable in a, in a way that kind of takes some of the pressure off Garland. Um, Lamar Stevens can use it to play well. I think Okoro had a particularly good game against the Knicks and is at least competent defensively, even if he didn't score much um, against against Philly. He also got this stuff from marketing late, where you're getting marketing in the spots where he can succeed as a shooter and you're not trying to force some of the other stuff onto him. Evan, as we go, as we before we get into the last segment, I look ahead to Tuesday against against Orlando. Um, and, and we're going to briefly – there's a brief Dan Gilbert uh, note I want to hit. Yeah, you uh, sent that one to me, and I was just from, like, from yeah, this weekend. one would completely missed my radar, but thank God for Chuck Manning. This is why my I, I think about these things. Uh, well, that's not why, but uh, basketball references playoff probabilities report going into uh, – as of Monday night, we're recording this around 830 – they give Cleveland a seventy percent chance in, in outcomes of being the uh, of being the seventh seed before the plan. Just an eighteen point eight percent chance to be the eighth seed, five percent to be nine, and less than one percent to be ten. Odds are, Evan, we're gonna the Cavs are gonna host a host a playing game, and then probably if they lose that game, then they will get to host another one to get a second crack at it. All things considered, that's not a bad spot to be considering how yeah, things have gone. Yeah, uh, right I, I, I quoted say. Chernobyl the other day during the Sixers game. Three point six Rontgen, not not great, not terrible. Like that's just kind of where the Cavs are at right now. I think obviously they don't want to be in the playing scenario because there's just so much uncertainty with it. But they're playing well. It's, I, I feel more confident about their chances after this yeah. weekend. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, they would definitely be underdogs if they played Brooklyn, but, like, you know, against Atlanta at home, against Charlotte at home, I, I think they have good chances of, of yeah, beating I those teams agree. at home. Especially if Jared Allen comes back, especially if Evan Mobley can come back and be... Arm, just, like, swagger-wise, because, I, especially Allen, because that verticality and just the vertical threat and rim protection he provides, like, would really boost this Cavs team morale-wise. Yeah. Yeah. They just... Having their best players certainly helps. Okay, well, Evan, after the break, we're going to – I'll take uh, – Okay. No, no, we're going to get that to third second because I don't have a ton to say about the Magic it, game. It I really don't. magical. Magic stink. You mean the Knicks? Well, Evan Mobley oh, got hurt in it, and they, and they okay, won. So we and then talked about the Magic game. Yeah, the last time they played – well, because oh, they, they play Orlando oh, on Tuesday. Right. That's why I'm talking. That's what we're going to. First, you – you're, you're killing me today. But you tell everyone first about Absolutely. our friends at Absolutely. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is over, and we're recording this before North Carolina, Kansas, so we don't know the results. But for all the latest odds, contests, and player... Hey, but South Carolina, the Don Staley era, Cox, took care baby. of business against UConn. From all the My latest goodness. odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So if you're interested, head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Right now, for instance, the Cavs are plus 4,000 to win the Eastern Conference if you believe in the team that much. Or if you're a believer in J.B. Bickerstaff for Coach of the Year, he's plus 600, the second best odds to win the award right now behind Phoenix's Monty Williams at minus 700. 
Or if you want to bet on games, you can do that at Bet Online. For instance, last night's game for the Lakers, they were four and a half point favorites over the. Evan, this is this is all copy. They were they are like eight and a half point favorites right okay. now. the Cavs are eight and a half point so favorites over Orlando right now. And if you bet on the Cavs, then I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. So check out our today's sponsor, BetOnline.net, where the game starts, and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jeez. All right. Last you segment. Were a Cavs that magic. Flew into my plane's like engine. I was I was trying to land that one. I saved you from from. So I was like, wow, they're four point favorites. Um, anyway, the and then it said the Lakers over the Lakers. I'm like, I do. I guess that it's technically true. The Lakers beat themselves when they traded for Russell Westbrook this year. So. <laughs> anyway. And there we go. All right. Anyway, uh, last segment of the day. Cavs magic again. Cavs are like eight and a half win favorites according to our friends at Bet Online. Um, look, the Magic stink. They have a lot of guys injured. Wendell Carter's not playing in this game. Cole Anthony's questionable. The Magic Jalen Suggs is questionable. The, they uh, the last time these two teams played in something that did, I totally breezed by me because of the, the Mobley situation. Uh, they basically just like tanked their way through the fourth quarter, like. The Cavs just absolutely need to win this game, regardless of the betting line, regardless of like what else is at, it, it could at play here. They just like need to go to Orlando and no, win this game. No, I absolutely agree, and I don't have much to say about the Magic either because, like you said, they're resting a lot of people. I think Franz Wagner is fun, but I just think the lack of Evan Mobley going up against him just kind of the little atmosphere coming into it. But like you said, they're, the Magic are resting a lot of key Pete players. Um, I'm a huge Wendell Carter Jr. guy if you have followed me for that long and – I'm flattered, actually, if that's the case. But um, if you want to check out something good on him, check out Mark Schindler's interview with him. It was really good uh, for basketball news. Um, But either way, yeah, I don't have much to say about this game. But, Chris, let me ask you this. I agree this is a must-win game Mm. for the Cavs just because they need to stay ahead of the pack and maintain the spot with the 7th seed because it's, it's tight with Atlanta, it's tight with Brooklyn, and it's tight with Charlotte. Like... The Cavs went two and two against the Hawks this year. Um, they went two and two against, or they went two and two against the Hornets this year as well. And they can finish the season series with the Nets. Like these are important games if they like end up tying record wise. So prediction wise, how do you think Cleveland finishes the season? I'm saying two and one. I think they'll lose to Brooklyn on Friday because Brooklyn might be aware of the fact that they want to host a play in series or two, and. The easier path is always better, especially for a veteran squad like that. Um, and I think they'll play Kyrie, and they'll play KD, and they'll play everybody who they can. And maybe Jared Allen comes back that game. He's certainly not playing against Orlando. But I think they're going to go 2-1 and one to finish the season. How about you? I, I tend to agree just with the wild card of what Milwaukee wants to do in the last day of the season. Because the other thing about the plane, the other thing with them is just the I know it's Mike Look, just think about this. But I just don't think Regardless, it makes any sense to play Giannis or any of those guys' minutes. It just dep- it just depends on, on what the standings look like. And they also will get a built-in break because of the play-in tournament. They will get like a week off before the playoff starts. So That's it just fair. depends on what they want to play absolutely for. fair. I, I just I want to believe Mike Budenholzer has evolved since winning a championship. And he's gained a little bit more of my respect. But um, if the Bucks are playing their entire roster, that certainly changes the calculus of things quite a bit, too. It makes it exciting to have a season game for the Cavs fans that go to the season finale um, next Sunday, but 
it certainly makes things a lot tougher, a lot trickier, but I just want to assume, at least in my eyes, just logically, they'll rest their guys, give them an extra day off or something like that. Maybe you just play Thanasis and you play every player that is just in the back end of the rotation, and then you watch Mike Budenholzer grind this out because that's just kind of his speciality. But um, I don't know, man. I'm more so interested in like who's going to become healthy, who's going to become available because they are in Orlando Tuesday. They will have Wednesday, Thursday off. They're in Brooklyn Friday. I know Jared Allen is traveling. Evan Mobley did not travel with the team. Um, what if Mobley travels on Friday? Like that's going to be interesting to watch too, because the Cavs are not going to publicly say like, "Hey, this player is back, this player is not," or like this player. Like other than just saying they're progressing, because they're not going to put like a timestamp on it saying like, this player will be back by Tuesday because if there's a setback or things like that, and that just creates public pressure, and you don't want that. Um, I'm just I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested. Well, and like there's also there. There's a, and look, wet, they, they, the Cavs get a little schedule benefit this week of having Wednesday. They will have Wednesday off and Thursday off to get a, get a look at guys back in Cleveland to practice, go practicing it as needed. Like, yeah, and like maybe getting some five on five for, for these guys and see how they respond to it. Like that, that is sort of a, a big deal in this. If you want to look at other games, depending on how they're going to play out through, um, these next couple of days, the Hawks on Tuesday, Atlanta plays at Toronto and the Hornets play at the Heat. The Nets are off, but they are, they are in, uh, they play at the Knicks on Wednesday. So that is, uh, they will be, there is a little bit of a situation where the Cavs can. Uh, we'll see what they get out of these games, and we'll see if some of these other teams, like if you know, if if the 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 Hawks lose in up north, that would be a big deal for Cleveland, like just to give themselves a little the more Hawks breathing room towards that. the end of the season here. Toronto's hot. Toronto's I mean, Toronto's right Toronto's good. They're and like you know, we'll see what happens. You know, in in Miami, see what's going on with them right now. All that stuff. Like these, and I don't have much faith of of the Knicks beating the Nets if I'm Cleveland. But uh, certainly, like you, you know, weirder things, weirder things have happened. Evan, let's end on this. Just this is not something that we can really get a lot out of. But if you're pay, if you want, if you're following the Cavs overall, I Buddy, think this, this is, is just a story worth I'm just noting and back and listen. Okay. Well, I, I, if you have any, I would like to see what, what you think about this as someone who's going to observe this sort of maybe as our listeners might as, as fans in this way. But uh, it was reported via the UK, via various outlets in the UK over the weekend that Dan Gilbert um, is going to be is involved in a bid to buy Chelsea Football Club um, from Robin Abramovich. Now, Roman and this uh, this bid is with the, the Ricketts family. The Ricketts family owns the Chicago Cubs. Dan Gilbert is longtime friends with the Ricketts family. If you remember, uh, when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, there was that Dan Gilbert cameo with uh, with Mr. Trump at the White House. So we live in a similar. Uh, yeah, that happened. Just a reminder of the of the context. Yes, of the context here. Notably, the Ricketts, uh, <laughs> this whole thing is complicated because a Roman Abramovich is a Russian oligarch who is being forced to basically sell the team because of his connections to Russia uh, and all of that. Secondly, the Ricketts are being protested because of uh, Chelsea supporters are not happy with the some of the things the Ricketts, uh, the, the patriarch of the Ricketts family has said about, about Muslims uh, in the past. So... Uh, that is that is just a note if you're if you're paying attention to the broader Dan Gilbert Cavs ownership sphere, this is part of that. I don't think it it's really a a big thing in terms of affecting what happens day to day with the Cavs. I would look at this and say investing in the Premier League is a really sound financial decision if you have the money to do it and buy into a club like Chelsea that 
is very competitive, that is never likely, almost never going to fall out of top flight, that has access to Champions League revenue as well. It's just like a financial investment more than it is anything else. But it is notable that that Gilbert, um, this is a decision that is it is is out there. This it goes through. I will be curious to see, you know, if uh, just what what the percentage ultimately is of Dan Gilbert perhaps taking an ownership stake in in one of the world's biggest. Well, it's a recruiting clubs. pitch clearly to get Larry Nance Jr. to come back to Cleveland. Just Josh Hart, we can we can get you free tickets to any Chelsea Bro, game you want. I was talking to a friend Cavaliers. of mine who is a pretty big Cavs fan. He was just like asking me like my thoughts. He's like, "How do you feel about Josh Hart coming to Cleveland?" I'm like, "Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, I think he's like a great upgrade over Jetty Osmond for sure. You can start him. You can come have him come off the bench. He can give you a little bit of two three action." And he's certainly more of a player that JB Bickerstaff would play and not bench and put in the doghouse, but. If hey man, if getting Chelsea is the recruiting pitch you need in order to make it happen, by all means. But yeah, I think cash talks but money screams kind of situation here. I think just because Dan Gilbert's just so incredibly wealthy, if you get hit, he's worth twenty. He he's worth an estimated like twenty four billion euros I mean, according his to his net worth went up seven so. billion dollars the day Rocket went pub. The day the market opened and then it closed, his net worth went up seven point four billion dollars when Rocket went public. Like that's how wealthy Dan Gilbert is. Um, and like he is the second wealthiest owner in the NBA now, if I'm not mistaken. Only only yeah, Steve only, Ballmer. I believe Steve only Ballmer only has Steve more Ballmer money. Has than God. money. He's Jeff Bezos money, but. Yeah, it makes sense if you're the Ricketts, I guess, if you need somebody financially to kind of back your investment and maybe make a more compelling argument. But there is a lot of murkiness to it. I think the association with the Ricketts family is just not a good thing in general, but also most billionaires aren't. Well, I, I mean, like, depending on your. Like, we should just. We sh- okay, we should just say, depending on your point of view, I don't want to, like, couch all these opinions in, in one specific way. I just want. Like, the Ricketts family is being protested for I'm a very about. specific like, reason. That's just not a okay yeah. thing. Like,. Anti-Muslim sentiment. It's not a good look. It's not. It's yeah. Thing. It's not a good. It's not a good look. Yeah. That's that's extremely yeah, uh, bad. That's extremely bad. Inclusive podcast at Locked On Cavs. We love you all. But yeah, I guess that's just noteworthy. Uh, is Stan Kroenke the one who owns? Is he own Arsenal? Okay. Yeah. So he, I mean, he like owns you said, Arsenal, it, it, that's correct. And then uh, the the Glazer fit. He there there are a lot of Americans like uh, Randy Lerner famously used to own Aston Villa. Uh, the Glazer family owns Manchester United. LeBron's in on Man U, isn't he? Um, there are lots of Americans that are. LeBron's that, in on. What? No, LeBron is LeBron via the Fenway Group oh, is a part owner it. of. So of yeah, LeBron. like you said, it is a sound financial decision to invest in any European club, especially an English European or English football club. So. It's a finance, sound financial decision on Dan's part. I think it would just be certainly something to add to his portfolio that he owns. Like, well, he owned two minor league teams. He owns a pro basketball team. And then, bam, just owns like one of the biggest soccer clubs in the world, <laughs> or at least has an ownership stake in one of the yeah, so- oh yeah, like it's, it's, it has world. a yeah, has a has a yeah. Don't it doesn't seem like he is like fully fronting the bid in terms of the money. It seems like it's that's a Ricketts thing. It's just also just like notable how weird the world is right now that like this thing that is sort of happening in part because of a war that is happening in Ukraine and a sale happening because of said war is thus leading to the Cleveland Cavaliers owner potentially being a part owner in a football club. Yeah. Just like a very, like random, a very like bizarre, sad currents of events concerning what is happening in Ukraine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very weird. So I, I just wanted to update that. That went a little bit longer than I sort of expected, but I wanted to note that that is is a thing that if you're paying attention to the laundry, care about, I'm sure we have, diehard footy fans like myself i I just i think so yeah look 
look the world of like i think like when you follow a team i think paying attention what ownership sort of does is is worth your time i will just say that i want to leave it at that uh, yeah i think that's fair that fair that's fair okay all right. Well, we're going to exit there. We'll be back after the Cavs play the Magic on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to get to our normal five this week just to be a little belated because of the game on Friday. We'll cover that uh, after Friday just because that game is so massive. But Danny Cunningham is going to be on this week tomorrow. Again, we'll be covering Cavs Magic in full. Until next time, I'm Chris. That's Evan. Be well. Check out Lockdown Magic if you want a great second listen today and get the other side of what's going on uh, in this game. But until then, stay hydrated. Be well. Talk to you tomorrow.